Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Howdy, theme song of Atlanta Falcons fans, right? There was a time when the uh, Rolling Stones were rocking Mercedes-Benz Stadium not long ago. Maybe the Falcons could do that this, this fall. I, I don't know. Well, we're going to talk about it today. That's for sure. And welcome to the Northern Kia Studios. John Fricky with you on a Sunday live from noon to 4 p.m. today on a show where we are loaded with guests today because those guests are you. I've said this many times, I only do A-list guests, and A-list guests are uh, guests that have direct knowledge of a breaking story or are a major name or just really good people that are fun to have on the air. And uh, that's usually generally just, in my opinion, you, because I love having you on the air. So uh, we take all of your calls between now and four, and I direct you on the show as to, uh, you know, one of the questions that I want to ask, and I'll build the show. I have one, two, three, I got like four big questions Today and we'll build throughout the four hours. And as we do, you can always uh, you can always ask about something else. You can always want to talk about something else. I I like to treat this as a a radio audio bar. And I'm standing at the bar with a beer, not nor, knowing me, it's probably a glass of Merlot or Malbec. But anyway, you get the picture here. And, and you saunter up to the bar when you call in, and we sit down and we have a chat. And that's the way things work here. Four zero four seven two six zero nine two nine. Uh, TV star Garrett Chapman is running the board. Be kind to him when you call in, please, uh, as he is back in the uh, studio uh, down at the Mothership at Colony Square. How are you doing, Garrett? Oh, it's a great day. Great day to be at the studio. Lots of, lots of action around the Atlanta area. We had Atlanta United yesterday. Braves are, are taking on the, the Giants. We had a PGA Championship down the road at Eastlake. I mean, this is a great time. Great time to be in sports radio. Hey, hey, by the way, thank you for doing the headlines. <laughs> All right, we're done with the headline. No, I'm just kidding. That's pretty much it, right? Um, That's pretty much it. So, 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 yeah. You know, the, the show ends at 4, and, of course, I'll be, you know, I've got the golf on and on the, on the TV monitors here, and I'll keep an eye on it. Though I don't expect it to be a whole lot of drama the way that uh, Victor Hovland kind of blew the field away yesterday. Uh, and when it does end at 4, uh, and then my daughter, Danny, uh, you know, fresh off her duties with Atlanta United last night, uh, there at the Home Depot backyard, is going to come over, and we're going to have a little family dinner. And so I was out uh, earlier, right before the show, for about 15 minutes. Just you know, I, I, Garrett, I grabbed the blower. You know, got to go blow the leaves off the off the deck and all that kind of stuff to get the uh, you know to get ready for me to be able to you know cook out tonight. And I wasn't out 15 minutes. And I walked in and I looked at my wife and I go, I don't know, maybe I'm a wimp, but I'm like almost starting to pour sweat after 15 minutes. I'm like, these guys are going to be out there playing golf for five hours. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> Man, I can't wait. Garrett, I cannot wait for it to cool off, you know, because me and hot summer, we don't get along. John, I was over at the Players' Championship yesterday. I, I lucked into some tickets, and look, it is so unbearably hot. Being out there when the heat index is 105 degrees, I'm watching Scotty Scheffler and company, uh, or I should say Victor Hovland and company, just play some golf, and I'm just sitting there baking in the sun, and oh, brutal, brutal to be out there in the sun, but um, I can't even imagine doing lawn work on top of that. Well, how about uh, lugging a uh, bag, a 40-pound bag, for five and a half miles? Oh, brother. I, I don't know. I So I was uh, I was talking to one of the salmon-colored shirt kids, the, the these younger folks who are carrying the signs, and they have these little weird ways of carrying it. And, and I'm just like, look at this guy. He's just struggling, just standing in the sun, baking. And I was like, dude, you all right? And he's like, no, no, I can't do this. This is so brutal. And I'm like, all right, dude, you're on the 12th hole. You're almost there, almost there. <laughs> it's, well, it's hot. All, all it's I know hot. is, I, I don't, I don't feel too sorry for the for the caddies because, you know, generally uh, now it's not always true, uh, Matt Kuchar, <clears throat> but generally caddies get ten percent of whatever the the purse is that the players win. I, you know what the individual player has an agreement with his caddy. If there's a maximum amount or or whatever, I I, I have no idea. But if it's ten percent, let's just say that that's always been kind of the working model. Last place, and I think that's Taylor Moore who starts to started today in last place. Last place in this tournament is five hundred thousand dollars. That's last place. So that kid he's getting fifty grand for toting a bag for five days. Well, that's not a bad deal. How about though Victor Hovland's caddy? If Victor Hovland wins eighteen million dollars, and Victor Hovland's caddy gets one point eight million. <laughs> okay, you know what? Don't feel too sorry for the caddies. Second place, by the way, happens to be six and a half million dollars. So if it does that Victor Hovland struggles at all or Xander Shoffley or anybody kind of catches fire behind him, a Scheffler, somebody else, Morikawa, and it gets down to 18 and they're tied, somebody's going to have a putt for $11.5 million. <laughs> all right, by the way, you should know this. Next year, because of this whole, you know, live thing, uh, the, the, the money's going up. Next year, the top prize at the Tour Championship will be worth $25 million. For one tournament. Yeah, it's good work if you could do it, right? But you got to be able to do it, and those guys are the best. All right, Braves in San Francisco tonight. They get the uh, never wanted, never desired 7 o'clock Sunday night baseball ESPN thing. Nobody ever wants that, and, you know, they all hate it, and I don't blame them. They just want to play in the afternoon and get out and go to Colorado, but they got to play the 7 o'clock game tonight. They'll send Jared Schuster to the mound this evening, and we'll see what he could do to follow on the first two wins Against the Giants, Braves now 40 games over 500. 40. They're 84 and 44. So they don't even have to play 500 baseball to get to 100 wins. But they have a race going on. Even though the East has been long over, as of right this moment, they sit three and a half games ahead of the Baltimore Orioles for the best record in baseball. And, of course, let's not forget to go way back, you know, way back machine there. They, they took 203 from the Orioles, so they own the tiebreaker. Should that ever come into play? Let's hope it doesn't. They're five games ahead of the L.A. Dodgers, and, of course, we know that series is looming, but you can't look ahead, and they've done a really good job of not looking ahead. I said, look, as, as important as the Dodgers series is, the, the series against San Francisco going on now, the series against Colorado coming up next, 
are at least equally, if not more important, because if you're looking past those two teams, then suddenly you go like two and four or something. You walk into Los Angeles and you're a game or two ahead of the Dodgers, and you put yourself in a really bad, bad spot here if it's important for you to win the number one seed. Okay, if it's important for you to finish ahead of the Dodgers and get home field advantage, should you face them in the NL Championship Series? Is it important for you to have home field advantage over the Baltimore Orioles? Should you face them in the World Series? Obviously, a greater chance probably of facing the Dodgers in the NLCS and the Orioles in the World Series. And I was not a slam against Baltimore. It's just that as well as great as the Orioles have played this year, and it's been great, uh, the American League is a much deeper playoff kind of roster than the National League is at the moment, at least on paper. Uh, so there's that. So, again, Jerry Schuster tonight, Braves San Francisco, going for the sweep, 7 o'clock first pitch out at our time out in San Francisco. How about Atlanta United last night? The new guy. I, I, I got to ask a question here. Do you think there's a chance? I'm dead serious. Do you think there is a chance that Atlanta United can make a serious run at the MLS Cup? They're two points out of second. Now there's games played and all that kind of stuff. They have eight games to go. If, if This team looks like a brand-new team with these new players, and two of them scored last night. Now it was Tiago Almada's game. They eventually did credit, by the way, the goal to uh, Tiago Almada that went in off the uh, Nashville player. They said it was Tiago's goal. And on the other three goals, Almada assisted. And, and on the first one to Silva, the assist was brilliant. The strike was brilliant. And this is what it sounded like from Mike Connie. Oh, sorry, he said, hold on. <laughs> Here, okay, I'll let me do it again. Here is the strike from uh, Silva for the first goal of the game last night. Who fires it ahead to Almada on the right wing. Good work by Atlanta United. Almada dribbling into the attacking third. Pitch to the back post. Silva, volley, score! Goal also! Shande Silva with a cartwheel and a backflip to celebrate his first Atlanta United goal. It was a beauty to give Atlanta United the 1-0 lead. It was a beauty. And that, that feed from Almada was 40 yards across the field. One touch into the back of the net it was great stuff. Now they come out in the second half and they blow the doors off Nashville. I mean, they, they score right off the bat in the first like minute and a half with Tiago Almada. They get another one, Miles Robinson, on a set piece uh, to knock it in with his head. He gets his first goal of the year. And then in the waning stages, Saba comes on, one of the three new guys, and Saba this was a brilliant back heel goal. Saba puts it in the back of the net. It sounded like this. Hernandez collides with Abram. Abram claims the ball and plays it up to Almada on the left wing. Almada takes it down the near touchline now and dribbles towards goal. Almada dribbling into the box. Popped ahead. Saba back to Almada at the near post. To the edge of the net. Saba back heel. Score! And now it's Saba Lovanicha with his first Atlanta United goal. Tiago Amada's got three assists. And Atlanta United is opening up a can on Nashville tonight. Yeah, they opened up a can, right? A can of whoop-ass. I mean, it's 11-1 to 1 in terms of shots on goal. And Gigi should have had two. I mean, Joe Willis, the Nashville keeper, stood on his head to keep that from being seven or eight to nothing. You know, and they, it wasn't like Nashville was playing at scrubs. I mean, they had their stars out there, and, and Atlanta United ran them off the field. It looks like a different team. 
We, now, if Saba's going to come in here and add another dimension to this team, these new players getting Miles, yeah, and you got Miles, you got Yorgos, you got Tiago, you've got the three new guys, you've got Guzan. They're playing at a much faster level. Two wins, both clean sheets, six goals, six points. Man, this looks like a different team. And so when I say, you know, maybe they have a chance, that looks like a team that's going to be a handful in the playoffs. Now, we're going to find out down the stretch. Their last eight games, they play the best of the best just about because they're going to play FC Cincinnati, leader in the East, twice, home and road. They're going to play Philadelphia Union again, and they're also going to play Messi, which is coming up in a couple of weeks. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a test for Atlanta United, that's for sure. Now, Gary, you were at the game last night. Am I wrong in looking and saying that looks like an entirely different team than we saw, you know, three weeks, a month ago? No, you're right not wrong. The break? You're not wrong, even in the slightest. I mean, this. Te- I think I tweeted this out last night. I, I, This team, it sounds weird, but the best thing that could have happened this, to this team was to be eliminated in the League's Cup. I, I really, truly believe that. They needed to hit the reset button and just get some rest. Hit the hit the practice field and get some continuity and build it with the with the guys on this roster and these guys had been run run ragged you know and I think it was good to see these guys kind of relax a little bit get a cup like a week or two off and then they come back full and look this is a different roster you added some guys this team is playing just they looked fresh they looked really really good I mean dominant at the stadium and and you could feel the energy from this from the crowd too. Because you of know, the way I'm that they were say, doing, I'm going to say I'm going to say that you know in my watching, you know, and I was you know, we did a big three and a half hour, four hour show outside Bobby Dodd in the very first game of Atlanta United when Emil Assad scored that goal against Red Bulls, and uh, you know, and then the next game against Chicago Fire where Joseph had the the was it a brace? It may have been a hat trick, uh, and, and you could really see everything starting to come together before they moved to Mercedes Benz Stadium. Is that in the first couple of years, in the you know the lead up to the to the MLS Cup, and then once Miggy left, that team played with Gressel and and Tito and Joseph and you know you know the guys, you know the players and Dag, uh, you know and Nagby and what have they they played really fast. They were the fastest team. They put so much pressure on you. They pressed you, and that's what that team looked like last night. It's the first time I think I've seen this team start to look. I'm not saying they have, they may have a version of Joseph in Yorgos. Okay, they have a version of Miggy and Tiago. It's now they're their own guys. Don't make don't make any mistake here. But these new players, Saba and Silva, are fast. I mean, these guys can run, and it looks like you know it looks like the track meet that made Atlanta United the dominant team in Major League Soccer for a brief period of time. And hopefully, it's back. All right, so we'll find out uh, Wednesday. FC Cincinnati, that's the number one team in the East at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. You can hear the game with Mike and Jason live on Sports Radio 92 on the game. When we get back in a moment, a couple more headlines, and we're going to launch into our discussions today. Do want to bring the uh, Falcons discussion in here, and I just want to touch just briefly on what we saw yesterday in college football because I have some thoughts about that leading up to the huge weekend, the opening weekend of college football, which begins Thursday night and starts uh, for a lot of us here in Atlanta. On Sports Radio 92 on the game, John Fricke on a Sunday from the Northern Kia Studios. Your call's coming up at 404-726-0929. From the uh, Northern Kia Studios, John Fricke with you on this Sunday. Two weeks from today, Carolina Panthers, Atlanta Falcons, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, live on your home with the Falcons, Sports Radio 92 on the game. Opening day of the National Football League. We'll get into NFL at the uh, top of the hour. Got uh, a lot of NFL questions for you. Uh, we're going to uh, 
get into well, well you know what actually we probably can get into it actually probably started in this hour uh, because I've got a couple, actually, i got three Falcons questions for you today and a Braves question as well. I just wanted to touch on college football, if I could, with you for a moment. Some of the thoughts about yesterday. If you didn't pay a whole lot of t- attention to week zero, um, first off, week uh, zero, week is spelled W-E-A-K. Man, you could, could you give us anything? I mean, literally, literally anything for week zero. Because we had nothing. I mean, it's college football, sure, but. I mean, there's nothing on to really watch. You watch Navy and Notre Dame, and you watched, uh, you know, Audric Estime and Sam Hartman, and you watched the uh, opening kickoff, you watched the opening drive. They went down and scored, and you said, okay, I'm done. That game's over. And, and it was. 42-3, to Sam Hartman in his debut at uh, Notre Dame, 19-23, four touchdowns. Oh, he made such a game. Maybe just Navy sucks. How about that? And then USC take, uh, takes on San Jose State last night, and I watched a little of that. USC looked a little out of sync on defense, not going to lie. I mean, Caleb Williams was fine. He threw four touchdowns. That defense for USC, yeah, not so great. I mean, San Jose State was going up and down the field on them. San Jose State got over 400 yards in offense. Their their quarterback threw four touchdown passes. I said, if that's going to be that typical USC defense, this whole, oh, USC's going to run the table and they're going to be in the playoff, that was not a good look. It looked a lot like what Lincoln Riley was doing at Oklahoma. All offense, no defense. So uh, we'll see. Uh, Vanderbilt uh, did beat Hawaii in Nashville last night. It was like a rain delayed, but that wasn't a pretty win. I don't think Hawaii is very good. Of course, <laughs> Vanderbilt's very good either. Uh, so, but Vandy does get the win, 35-28, in a what was a close game with the Hawaii Rainbows. Uh, and my, my Aztecs won last night. Hey, had to hold off Ohio at the buzzer. Ohio U, not Ohio State. In their, in their new digs, San Diego State's got a new stadium, Snapdragon Stadium. They, they tore down Qual- Qualcomm, the old Jack Murphy. They tore it down, and on the same spot, they built like a 42,000-seat stadium, open air, uh, for the Aztecs and for the new MLS team that is going to go into San Diego. I assume it's going to be the San Diego Soccers. Don't see why they changed the name. It's always been the San Diego Soccers for 50 years, so we'll see. Also, Mercer, among local teams, did play yesterday. They won. They beat North Alabama, and Mercer gets to go to Ole Miss next week. Uh, so no upsets and nothing really to report, except that college football is underway. Now, having said that, this is the week where it all gets interesting. It is, if it's not my favorite five days of the year as a sports fan, it's close. Because Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, I wish the marquee games this year were better. The marquee games are okay. There's nothing super great. Florida State and LSU, the biggest game of the weekend. And that's a really good one. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me started on this Mason Smith thing. All right, I'm just I I'm going to get started. Just just for a moment. You mean Mason Smith, first team preseason all American at LSU, has been suspended from the game by the NCAA for taking money. I don't know how much, five hundred bucks. I mean what much? For taking money for signing autographs pre NIL. All right. He took money before the NIL kicked in for signing autographs. So they suspended him from a critical, it's not like LSU's playing McNeese State, no offense, McNeese, from a critical opening game in Orlando, on the road essentially, against Florida State because he got a few hundred bucks or whatever it was, it wasn't like he got 10000 for signing autographs, and he, even if he did so what? For signing autographs pre-NIL. This is the stupidity and the 
ridiculous idiocy, I guess they're the same thing, of the NCAA. Okay, this is dumb beyond words. Were I LSU, I would be standing on tables and pounding and screaming how stupid this is. This is why I want the Big Ten and the SEC to lead the way that in football you break away and we get rules that make sense. Because in the NI, once the NIL kicked in, blanket immunity, okay? Blanket immunity. Return Reggie Bush's Heisman. Clear him of any wrongdoing. Let Mason Smith play. It's blanket immunity. This is like saying, well, you know, you're not going to be able to play in the opening game of the NFL because before you signed your pro contract, you know, you went out to an autograph session. And yeah, I know, I know college football allows you to do that, but we don't in the NFL. Therefore, you know, you're not playing in the – I mean, it's just stupid. All right, enough of that. Off my soapbox. So it begins on Thursday night, and Georgia State's at home against Rhode Island. Now, the Rhode Island Rams – you may or may not have ever heard of them. Are actually, I think they're, I think they're ranked in FCS. So you know they got they got some players up there. I'm not saying they're going to beat Georgia State, but you know it could could be a game. Then that's Thursday. Then down the road from Center Park Stadium on Friday at Mercedes Benz, you're going to have Lowell against uh, Georgia Tech. Now this is a big key opener for the for the Jackets on Friday night, and we'll get into it much more throughout the week here. Louisville is going to be favored in the game. Uh, Georgia Tech needs to find a way with Haynes King and Dominic Blaylock and and their attack to uh, under Brent Key maybe uh, make a statement here if they can knock off Louisville and they can if they can win the game if they can uh, I guess quasi air quotes uh, upset the Cardinals in the opener that might that might be enough to get them rolling because uh, I think a bowl game is possible for Georgia Tech this year now, that'll be Friday and then Saturday up the road in Athens you'll get uh, the uh, Georgia scrimmage uh, to open the season. Uh, the first of their two preseason games before they uh, face uh, South Carolina. <laughs> I somebody said, you know, University of Tennessee Martin might be, uh, you know, an above five hundred team in the uh, in the Ohio Valley Conference. Oh, that's great. <laughs> you know what? South Carolina might be an above five hundred team in the SEC. Okay, that's great. Uh, but you've got Florida State, LSU down in Orlando coming up in the five day weekend. Florida and Utah. Uh, Thursday night. Now keep this in mind. Cam Rising may—that's uh, Utah star quarterback. He may not play. He got injured in the Rose Bowl against Penn State with knee injury, and I don't know if he's going to play in this game. So we'll see how that uh, affects the Florida Utah game. Florida's going to have to adjust to a couple of things in this Utah game. Number one is always kind of the, uh, <laughs> you know, what I thought Hawaii would have to do when they went to Nashville, sort of the, uh, you know, adjustment that you have to make from culture shock if you've never been to Salt Lake City, and most of the Florida players I'm guessing have never been to Salt Lake. Uh, when you get to Salt Lake, then you have to go kind of up a little bit, up into the hill, because Salt Lake's right right up against the foothill. You go up to the University of Utah, and you keep going to Park City. Uh, I've been there many times. Beautiful stadium. That's where they had the Olympics opening ceremonies, Winter Olympics. Bryce Eccles love the University of Utah. It's go- gorgeous, okay? But it's also uh, a mile high. I mean, it's also elevation. You're also in the Rockies. And so there's all those things to contend with. Uh, and we'll see what uh, Florida does against Utah. Uh, North Carolina, South Carolina, the border battle in Charlotte's coming up this weekend. And then on Monday night, Clemson and Duke, that doesn't sound like much. It's going to be at Duke, but let's not forget the Duke, uh, you know, there are a lot of people thinking Duke can win nine games this year. And Clemson, even if they were to win the game, they're going to have to show us something. After what happened last year, this team has to show us something if we're going to take them seriously moving forward. Now, a lot of people projected Clemson to go 12-0. and but we have to. If that's a twelve and zero football team, I think with Kate Klubnick, you're going to have to see that from the jump. Look, they've got maybe the best linebackers in the country. Okay, 
their linebackers, I mean, Jeremiah Trotter Jr. is off the charts. I have no doubt about Clemson's defense. It's offensively, after they struggled with Uyunglele last year, even the year before, that we got to see something from Dabo and the Clemson Tigers. So when they go to Duke, they not only have to win the game, I think they got to show us a little something too. And that'll be uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday in, in college football uh, underway. All right, so I got all that out of the way here. Let's get into uh, our first discussion is going to center around the Falcons, and it's going to come up at the top of the hour about one thing you know and one thing you don't. But I kind of like to begin at 404-726-0929. Going back last couple of days uh, when we were um, at the uh, golf tournament on Friday, uh, Sandra Golden and I were talking on the steakhouse about uh, the starters uh, on Thursday night and whether they should have played, okay? And I put up a poll, you know, starters should have played or pointless preseason game. All right, we've had about, what, 72 hours now or so to kind of let that uh, butt-whooping kind of digest into us. If you go into, uh, you know, the the uh, web and you kind of search for snap counts, you'll see that it wasn't just a bunch of backups. It was also a bunch of guys who are going to be cut. How about Jalen Mayfield getting cut, huh? Yeah, yeah, well, we all saw that coming, that turnstile, you know, getting abused out there. I mean, okay, uh, hopefully Jalen Lynch, maybe Jalen Lynch is on with another team, uh, but, uh, yeah, that didn't, that didn't work out. And so uh, the uh, Falcons are going to have to be down to the 53-man roster like everybody else Tuesday, 4 p.m., so there's likely more cuts coming today. Four, four players cut yesterday, including Mayfield. We'll see what other cuts they have coming in here. And then, of course, they'll set the practice squad for the opener. So, But it was a lot of guys. It wasn't just second-teamers. Uh, there were a lot of you know third-teamers, practice squad guys, and guys that are going to be cut playing in that game against the Steelers. And, of course, the Steelers trotted out you know, they're, they're, they're starters, you know, you had Kenny Pickett and George Pickens and TJ Watt and Najee Harris and, and their entire starters on both sides of the ball. And sure enough, it was 14 to nothing against uh, the backups. And a lot of Falcons fans were getting mad. And I'm like, you're playing the Steelers starters and they're a pretty good team anyway. And you're playing them with your second, third and not, not, not no guys. Okay. What do you expect's going to happen? Uh, so I'm not really sure I put a whole lot of stock into what happened there. The question, though, isn't about that. The question, of course, remains, did Arthur Smith do the right thing in not playing, you know, putting his starters into bubble wrap and not wanting them to get hurt here? And should you have played the starters or was it a pointless preseason game? Now, in Arthur Smith's world, he viewed the two combined practices against the Miami Dolphins and I want to take you back to that story before that win over Miami where they did not play their starters in that game and tell you that all the reports, that what we saw on the Twitter, what we saw from all the reporters who attended those uh, combined practices with the Dolphins, one against one, is that the Atlanta Falcons dominated the ones dominated the uh, Miami Dolphins. So if Arthur Smith credits that, those two practices against the Dolphins as a full preseason game for his starters – then the one drive they did get in the preseason against Cincinnati doesn't just become the one drive they got in the preseason against Cincinnati. So how do you view this? Let's begin with this. Let's go to Arthur Smith. He talked about this, the head coach, and he talked about Ritter's development as a quarterback, as a starting quarterback. And now you can see with Taylor Heineke, and and in his uh, defense here, before I get to the soundbite here, in Taylor's defense, he's playing with uh, the backup line (laughs) with Jalen Mayfield trying to block T.J. Watt and stuff. Uh, And, uh, you know, Tyler Vrabel trying to block those guys. And no offense, but they're a little overmatched. Uh, And so he's not playing with the the ones. But we saw a little bit of why Taylor Heineke might be a backup compared to Ritter. Here is Arthur Smith, the head coach, talking about 
the development of his young starting quarterback. Well, you're talking about a, a player that's had a ton of reps uh, in college. He's actually played the position um, from where he was from his first start. Oh, let's just go back when he got here, from his first mini camp to now. I mean, he's there's been daily improvement. Uh, we feel very confident in him, as we do a lot of those guys, a lot of those young pl- players. I mean, no, they're different than Drake London, Kyle, guys that are still young um, with experience. We feel pretty good about where we're at overall, but uh, very pleased with Des. Yeah, all right, so now that sets up this. This is, I think, an important soundbite from Arthur Smith, okay? He's talking about not playing Desmond Ritter except for the one long extended 17-play, 10-minute drive against Cincinnati, okay, in preseason games. And this is what he said about that. Look, every year you're going to do what you think is best for your team at that moment. You know, if we would have changed my decision if I thought we would have had more guys in our too deep that were healthier going on a Thursday night, yeah, I maybe would have changed our thought. And if I was really concerned about Dez, then he would have been out there. Um, there's no perfect answer. You look at all the studies year in and year out. We needed to get live reps, joint practice. That's another subjective debate, but we feel pretty good there. So that, you take it all in consideration. So then what were the decisions we have to make? And so when you, you know, hold some guys out, you know, we end up holding 35 guys out. Um, I'd say you know a handful of those guys are they're not roster locks. They were just dealing with something. So then again, we get some of those guys back uh, over the you know this weekend. And, you know, we anticipate having a couple more opportunities for them. So there's so many factors that you're you're weighing, and then you got to live with your decision. But if we certainly if we felt that he wasn't, or we felt that there was some perfect blueprint, um, and then we would have followed that. So we take it all into consideration, and we feel pretty good about where he's at. Yeah, all right, so they feel pretty good about where he's at. If they weren't confident that he was ready to go against Carolina, they would have played him. So I will take the man at his word, but you may not. All right, let's uh, let's get to your calls here. Let's uh, let's talk, you and I. You are the guest today. Next up, my guests for today include you, you, and you at 404-726-0929. We'll begin with a question about what Arthur Smith just said. What's your confidence level if Desmond Ritter is ready to start the season? On Sports Radio 92 on the game in the Odyssey app. Sports Radio 92 on the game. John Fricky with you on this Sunday afternoon, taking all the way to 4 o'clock. We have you know, near three and a half hours for you and I to chat. We're going to talk a lot of Falcons. We'll get into some Braves a little bit later on in the program as they play the Giants, trying for a sweep tonight, 7 o'clock, sending Jared Schuster back up to the hill, still seeking to find that fifth starter. Maybe it's going to be Kyle Wright. Maybe it is. Let's hope it is. First thing up here, uh, you know, what's your confidence level in Desmond Ritter after what uh, Arthur Smith said? And Arthur Smith came out and said, hey, listen, um, you know, I, if I felt like he needed more reps, I would have put him out there, but I, I'm confident he's ready to go in the opener against Carolina at home. 404-726-0929, as we go to the calls, I always want to remind you that we can disagree without being disagreeable, okay? And uh, all I ever seek is a little bit of clarity. But uh, you're welcome to kind of belly up to the bar with me and talk a little Falcons football. Let's go to Alex as he joins us. Hey, Alex, welcome to the show. Sunday. I'm in between. I'm going to play devil's advocate here, John. On the one hand, I'm very optimistic about this team as a whole. I think we're going to win the division. I think we have a really good shot at making the playoffs and even making – even winning a playoff game. 
Uh, I'm also a really strong believer in Arthur Smith. I think he's a great coach. Um, the fact that we were able to win as many games as we did last year with arguably, in my opinion, the worst roster in the entire NFL from a talent perspective, that says a lot about Arthur Smith. Now, am I confident in Desmond Ritter? Yes, I, I have belief in him. Those fans that think he's going to be horrible and we need a tank for Caleb Williams or anything like that, I think he's going to be a really good quarterback for us. But with that said, John, preseason game that we saw him in and the one drive, right, he threw some not-so-good balls, right? He threw two behind-the-back passes to both Bijan and Kyle Pitts. Luckily, we have great skill position players, and they were able to make that catch with one hand. But those aren't really the best types of balls you want to see from your starting quarterback. He threw a decent ball to Drake London. It was slightly underthrown. I think if he would have let him, that would have gone for six. So he does look a little rusty. He also had a play where he, we were in the red zone, and he kind of looked a little frantic uh, in the pocket. He had Drake London wide open in the red zone, but he decided to scramble, tuck, and run. So he didn't look all that sharp in the one drive, right? And we saw the, the when we didn't play any starters and, and all of uh, the first couple of games two years ago. So I'm hoping Art doesn't make that same mistake as last year. But all in all, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, we're, we're ready. All right, we're losing Alex's phone's kind of crapping out on us. Uh, you know, I, I get I get that assessment. I, in fairness to Ritter, one of the uh, two behind uh, that were thrown behind uh, passes that were both caught, one of them was tipped. Uh, the no, I this is this is why I'm asking if you have a confidence level that Ritter's ready to go here. And and yes, do we expect that he's going to be? I, I think one of the things we saw from him last year. Well, I know one of the things we saw from him last season was that from game one to game two to game three to game four is that he got better. He was better in game two and he was in game one, better in game three and he was in game two, better in game four and he was in game three. Uh, Will we see that this year? It may not be game to game, but, you know, we don't have any time to waste here. See, here's the difference. Last year you're kind of – yes, you were still in the playoff hunt, I know, uh, but it was really kind of like, okay, maybe it's like – do we really belong in it kind of hunt? I, I understand everything that was going on. You were still alive. Uh, should they have gone to him earlier? All those questions about last year. But if you're going to win the division, if you're going to uh, become a playoff team this year, you have got to come out of the gate fast because this team plays four of its first six at home. And they start the season with Carolina. They, 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 then they play Green Bay. They go on the road to Detroit. Then they play Jacksonville in London, and they come home and they play two more games against Houston and Washington. Now, those four home games, Carolina, Green Bay, Houston, Washington, you got to be able – I mean, 3-1 and one would be disappointing to me, frankly. Y'all go 4-0 oh in those games. And if you're going to make the playoffs, you've got to go 4-0 and oh, considering you're going on the road to Detroit. You're going to play – that Jacksonville team, they're pretty good. Man, that Jacksonville team can win the AFC South. That's a good team. And, and Calvin Ridley, by the way, has had a really good preseason for them down there. And we want Calvin to have a good year this year. Yes, we do. Just not against us in London. Uh, as long as he didn't play well against us in London, we're good. And then the rest of the time, he's great. The other 16 teams, he can be lights out. Because we need him to get a new contract. Because if he gets a new contract, then we get a second-round pick in compensation from Jacksonville. If he doesn't get a new contract, we get a fourth-round pick. So you see how that works. Uh, let's go to uh, TJ. He joins John today. Hey, TJ. Hey, how you doing, John? Hey, I love Good your man. show, man. Um, I think that Desmond Ritter is going to be just fine. Um, he has a really, really great 
front five in front of him. He's three deep at running back, and he's two deep at tight end, and he also has Drake London. Um, I, I really don't see him struggling at all this year. Uh, maybe if you know one of our starters get hurt on the offensive line because we're not that deep on the offensive line. But other than that, man, Desmond Ritter is going to be just fine. I think that we should put out the fire, we should ring the alarm, and just let him really, really just flourish in this in this offense because it's built for a quarterback like him. And thank God that we don't have Mariota trying to throw the ball while he's sitting on his butt anymore. So I'm going to shut up and listen. But um, No, 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 TJ, hang on here. I want to ask you a question, yeah. okay? Go ahead. So I, I tend to agree with you, all right, So, but I'm going to play the other side of this because I'm curious to what Go your ahead. answer would be. Okay. Let's say that the, the Falcons come out. Let's say they beat Carolina in the opening game, but it's one of those, like, trash wins. And not that there's anything such as a trash win, but it's, you know, like 14 to 10 or 14 to 13, and they struggle. They get one, you know, kick return touchdown or, a you know, special teams touchdown or, that means that or our a pick touchdown. Really and he, good. Yeah, and the, and Sorry, Ritter does not look good, but but we, Ritter does not look good, but we win the game. Are are we going to say, not that he's a bad quarterback, but is there a chance, TJ, that we'd be sitting around the Monday following saying he wasn't ready for the season? Uh, I mean, who's who's ever ready for for anything? What what I'm saying is, the more reps that he has, and the the more time that he gets to sit out there with the starters. Because you have to remember, he has a, a rookie, what, a rookie left guard. Um, he has a rookie running back, but he has an all-world wide receiver and tight end, and he has an all-pro tight end. Okay, that again, that, that's so, man, TJ, you're 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 you're, you're, you're wondering. Hey, TJ, back back over here. You're and, wondering off the question. And if, what if, I'm, he, what I'm, if the Falcons, what if I'm he doesn't play is, well, but if, if he, he doesn't, doesn't play, play well, week well, one, and we win, a win is a win. That means that he's going to have film to study he's going to have more time with art to be like all right well you know you should have hit this thing you should have done that but a win is a win it's better to win ugly than to lose bad like okay that's fair so that's fair so what if they what if they lose the game and he plays bad uh if he loses the game and he plays bad we have what 16 more games for him to tighten up Boy, I'm TJ, you are a positive guy. I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a Kool-Aid drinking guy. I, I'm a bandwagon guy. You're more. I can guarantee you that if if they lose and he plays bad, that the 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 day after, you know, you know the 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 cat calls that night. Oh my God, you don't want to be anywhere near X Twitter, whatever we're calling it, TJ. Because Man, it's going to be ugly. I, I'm a love listening to it because Desmond Ritter is going to be okay. And if he's not, we got a pretty good backup sitting on the bench. That uh, that's waiting in the Raptors, and I'm pretty sure. I mean, hey, the Falcons are going to be good this year. We have a really good defense, and I know we're focusing on court, on quarterback play, but that's not that's not the end all be uh, be all. The Buccaneers won it all once before without a quarterback. Well, Trent Dilfer. Um, so and they won I mean, it twice. Brad defense, Johnson. Hmm. Oh, Brent. Brad Johnson yeah, too. So, and then you also have the Ravens that won it all. I mean, you have teams that won it all without. Great quarterback. Yes, with play. incredible, with incredible you, defenses. That's correct. Yes, man, DJ, you're our right. defense is going to be amazing, man. I'm telling you, I it's hope going so. To be amazing. It, I can you know, they, got a, they they only played a few snaps together too in the pre. That's another part of it. Thank you, TJ. Is that defense right, didn't play that so much. much? Yeah, I appreciate it. And they got to get on the same page. You know, all right. and uh, you know, timing is everything because you know you got to get used to this guy. Now they have two weeks before the the first game. I look. I'm not trying to. 
to make anybody's Cheerios go soggy here if you get my if you get my drift here. I'm just saying to you that I'm I'm playing a little bit of devil's advocate. Arthur Smith, who I have full faith and credit in and I trust, says he's ready. So if he says he's ready, I'm good. But if he does if he doesn't play well, even if he's ready, the the, the we all know what we're going to say. He was going to say, well, why didn't you? What were you doing? Not you know. Okay, it wasn't like you were going to tee it up on Thursday, right, in the final preseason game. And then a week from Sunday, you were taking out about Thursday with 18 days to get ready for the first game. There's a long time. We still got two full weeks from today. Let's go to uh, Chris. He's on with John. Hey, Chris, welcome to the show. Hey, hey Freaky. Thanks for having me on, man. Uh, and I'm getting right to it. You've heard me say it on your show throughout 92.9 uh, other shows. D. Riddy, the Cincinnati kid, he's going to be just fine. He is going to be just fine. I want to go back to the game, uh, John, um, that he played in. He went seven of nine, okay? And he had a fluky interception. But the best play about Desmond Ritter, and it speaks to who he is, the guys are going to fight for him, is that he went and made the tackle in preseason on the interception that he made. Head in the game, gamer, leader. I got all confidence in him, man. Right, no, I I do too. I have confidence in him. It isn't Chris. The question isn't confidence. Okay, the okay. question is timing. Okay, the question is timing. He's never played in a regular season game with Kyle Pitts. He's never played in a regular season game with Bijan Robinson. He's never played in a regular right. season game with Jonu Smith or with Matt Collins. I mean, there's a lot of new things around him. Okay, so True. he's got. We're talking about timing here. I'm not saying he's okay. not good. I'm just saying, and look, he, he could have a bad first game and then come out against Green Bay and be, okay, we're good, but why, yeah, yeah. why would we have to have that bad oh. first game? I want him to hit the, I want to hit the ground running against Carolina. I got you. Now, the, the only reason I'm, 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 I'm going to push back on the timing, and I've said this, and I said it to Big Mike on the, uh, the show in the morning, uh, the morning shift, Ritter can throw that back shoulder throw and that seam route as good as any quarterback in the league and you saw Drake London make a play on that we've got playmakers so the timing the offness yeah and I said it too he may throw 10 12 interceptions but I'll I'll live with that if he has 28 TDs 25 TDs and throws for 4,000 yards there's going to be some bumps and bruises but he is good enough and our receiver like you said everybody you named as a skill position is good enough to 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 um cover the holes if he's not perfect or, you know, online or, or, or you know, pinpoint accuracy. We got playmakers, John. Appreciate it, Chris. Uh, we do have playmakers. I, you know, he, he said, you know, 4,000 yards, and my first reaction was, if we have to be in a position where our quarterback has to throw for 4,000 yards, has to throw for 4,000 yards, the difference between does and has to, that's probably not good because this team wants to be run first. 404 7260929. All right, so that's kind of wetting the table here. I know we have uh, two or three people that are uh, online here who want to jump into the program. You are the guest here. Next up at the top of the hour, I want you to tell me one thing you know, one thing you know about this Falcons team, and one thing you don't know about this Falcons team as you look at them. I'll give you an example. I'll give you my answers first when we get back from the break so you see where I'm going with this. Next with John Fricky on Sports Radio 92. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.